0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Live Loud Life podcast episode. I'm your host, Dr. Antonio um, uh, Your, I said host, right? Your host of the Live Loud Life podcast, brought to you by Live Loud Chiropractic and Coaching. Uh, my wife and I own Live Loud Chiropractic and Coaching. We're based out of Lafayette, Colorado, which is in Boulder County, um, which we went to Boulder for our undergrad. We went out to California for grad school. We knew we were coming back home because we love the mountains. We love the sunshine. And it's an amazing place to be. But that's not what we're talking about. That was just a little bit of brief history. uh not a lot of you know uh housekeeping stuff today. We hope you guys are enjoying the episodes. We have uh some other guests that will be joining us on the episodes soon, I promise. Uh, The start of the year is always a little crazy, rolling from the holidays, we had a wedding and all that stuff, and just scheduling has just been harder to connect with people, to be honest. Um, But we hope that you're finding the content so valuable uh, and beneficial for your health and your wellness and your longevity to help you live a loud life. So, today what we're gonna be talking about, which is something that we get uh, as a question quite commonly, And uh, it was sparked by a recent patient we had who was 10 who ended up having an injury playing soccer. Parents just basically want to know, do we need to go get x-rays or an MRI, right? Pretty simple as that. They want an evaluation done. Now, what's interesting is depending on who you see, imaging is pretty much the first and only thing that they do. And so I was uh, thrilled that they trusted us with, you know, the care for their son and uh, and glad they came to, you know, a place like ours who values an evaluation and history to understand when imaging is not necessary and when it's quite honestly overdone. And that's what we're talking about today. So special imaging, x-rays, MRI, CT scans amazing technology. Like it blows my mind that we can do these things and get insight into the world within our body. It is absolutely amazing. And it is necessary for healthcare and for certain things. For, in the case of musculoskeletal care and injuries, very beneficial, but again, oftentimes overused and overdone. So that's what we're talking about today. The insight into your body is a great tool that will that could give indication as to why there might be certain pain in certain areas or certain issues. But that's not always the case. Because they have done a number of studies on asymptomatic individuals where we see uh Changes from the quote unquote normal body tissue and the way things should look in asymptomatic individuals. So, for instance, if you're over the age of 50 and you're asymptomatic and you go get an MRI, you're going to find old injuries, old disc bulges, you know, just different things that have happened over the years that don't correlate to any pain. Now, when someone is in pain and we do see those changes in imaging, yes, there could be indication that those would be um, consistent with the pain pattern and maybe causing it. But the question always comes down to, will it change the course of care? And we're gonna get into a little bit of that because that's what—that's always something that we want to understand and realize. So in the case of this 10 year old, we did a knee exam, we talked about what happened, a little bit of swelling, uh, you know, he's limping. But a lot of the why he was having the symptoms he was having is because he had been doing the old school method of RICE, rest, ice, compress, and elevate, and he hasn't moved his knee in over a week, like hardly moved it at all. And so it's stiff as as stiff as can be. So I'm asking him to move in and do things, it's gonna hurt because he hasn't been moving it. And so all we did was kind of trick him in doing some gentle plyometric, walking, skipping, different things like that. And miraculously, the knee was fine. There was still some end range pain in certain directions, but you know, it's still, it's it's not, it doesn't take it all away but it was pretty cool to see this immediate change. And, you know, after all the evaluation, I mean, it was just like, no, you don't need imaging. You know, he slightly hyperextended it because he missed the ball and that created some some tissue irritation, added some swelling and, you know, what they did was not wrong, but we encouraged them to just start moving it more and more and then we're gonna get a little bit of a return to play program going in. Um, but in the case of musculoskeletal injuries, we oftentimes overuse this. If they would have gone to a PCP, m- many PCPs, are skilled in orthopedic evaluation, and they hopefully would have came to the same conclusion. But many was like, yeah, you know, it's, it's it's always good to just get an X ray just to see if anything's going on. Why? Just do the evaluation to figure out if something's going on. This is definitely the case, depending on the cascade of uh, events of how you get to whoever's helping you. And and again, nothing against orthopedists, but they they are skilled at their their role and. Almost everything they do revolves around having some sort of image around something. Now, many of the orthos that we work with, people go see them and they'll basically say, nothing's wrong with you. You need to go see a physio, a chiro, or a personal trainer and you need to rehab this out, which is amazing. But even chiropractors depend on x-rays to set up their treatment course and plan. There's absolutely no reason you need to see, you need to get x-rays before starting chiropractic care. Nothing indicates that that would be the case. Okay. Excuse me. So again, we're coming back to, we know that, and and this is not a pain science episode. We just wanted to talk about some of the reasons as to maybe why you might get imaging. This is not a pain science episode talking about the complexity of pain, but we do know that tissue damage does not equal pain and pain does not equal tissue damage. And that's the whole premise of this. You could have an injury or pain in an area and everything would check out, which would mean you would not need imaging. Because again, imaging is to get a still, most of them are still, there are functional MRIs and stress x-rays, but most of them are a stilled image of what the tissue looks like beneath the surface. And again, beneficial, but. More times than not, we're gonna try to find and do an an appropriate evaluation and assessment to determine if something actually does need an image and more times than not, it doesn't. Now, here's some reasons as to why imaging might be good. And I'll try to give some examples as they come up. So, significant trauma. Let's say for instance, someone was in a rollover car accident. Right, now. If they're in a rollover, they probably were checked out by EMTs at the scene. And if they cleared everything, then most likely you're good. But significant trauma, like a car accident, and they're having unrelenting pain, and there's you know just a number of different things going on, that would be a good time. Like, hey, let's get some imaging to make sure things are good, right? And if you're checked out by the EMTs, depending on the severity of the accident, you might be in a C-spine on a board, brought to the hospital, and they're gonna do all that imaging to check you out, right? When people are in significant car accidents and they come into us, you know, it's it's kind of this middle ground We're like, well, we want to find out the severity. Most more times than not though, people that are walking in the clinic after a car accident uh, are probably don't have something broken. Now, it's not not say they don't. And depending on the story and the history as we go through it, that would lead us to believe if there's something correlated to the traumatic trauma. Another example would be a patient that I've seen on and off, does CrossFit, a lot of intense stuff, Oftentimes we'll come in with like, oh my gosh, my back hurts so bad. I did this, this, or this, whatever it might be. And chatting more with this individual, she's like, oh yeah, I got bucked off my horse last week and I've had, I'm having this SI joint lower back pain. She points kind of to her back of her pelvis and her lower back. And you know, we're chatting a lot more and it's like, yeah, that's, you know, getting bucked off a horse and hitting the ground, that could be, that's, that's quite a bit of trauma. I, I want you to get an x-ray first. Fractured her pelvis, right? Had a fracture in her pelvis. And, you know, it didn't really change the course of care for what we did because we can still do some soft tissue and stuff, but I'm not going to be doing a lot of adjustments around a fractured pelvis. That takes time to heal, right? So that would be an example of significant trauma, okay? Now, with significant trauma, you know, we're looking at things like is the individual able to bear weight? So, you know, there's there's certain criteria without getting to the specifics of it, but let's say, for instance, you twisted your ankle. I don't know if I broke my ankle, obviously a lot of swelling, different things like that. And we're talking, we're looking at can you bear weight? If someone's able to bear weight and walk and do certain things after a sprain or a twisted ankle, the likelihood of them fracturing their ankle goes down. Now, what's great about an x-ray is of ankle, a three-view ankle x-ray cache is like $45. So it can be a, it can be a simple, easy tool to just rule that out. We're not saying don't do imaging. We're just trying to find the appropriate time and place so you're not doing unnecessary imaging. So in the case of something like that, it's like, yeah, we're curious. Let's go get a quick image and we'll hopefully be able to see something, right? So inability to bear weight could be a factor as well. Now, when we're looking at more potential sinister things like that. These are these, these are these red flags where it's like, yeah, let's let's dive into some of these things. So <clears throat> in the case of even something like lower back pain, part of our questionnaire is, do you have a history of cancer? Cancer can grow in other areas. And the spine, depending on it, can be an area that it definitely can. So someone who just basically has that kind of this unexplained lower back pain that started. And they have a history of cancer, like, let's go get some x-rays and let's get some imaging and see if there's anything anything going on, right? That's an easy way to rule out if if it's uh, uh, if it has metastasized uh, to a different part. So that can be, again, a very useful tool so that you're not creating more of an issue um, uh, where, where their pain might be. And we, and we want to know those types of things to help manage the care. Cause you know, it's not just going to be something that we're going to be managing on our own. Okay. Now, uh, other things you know, could be, could be in the spine, but let's say even more peripheral, um, uh, the and we're talking about more about like a joint here, the, the affected area is very hot and swollen, right? So we can have joint infections and there's different reasons as to why that might happen. But you know, when something's infected, right, it's very, it's very, uh, it can't be, it doesn't have to be very swollen, but it can be very warm to the touch, right? We see a lot of this obviously like acute inflammation moving to this area, trying to fight off whatever that is. Um so that would be an indication of looking into further um imaging or evaluation assessment to determine what that might be and you also, you know, looking at the overall temperature of the individual and other things like that would lead you down that road, right? Now, other things and let's let's take in consideration like lower back pain or even neck pain or something like that is progressive weakness or progressive neurological symptoms. So, in the case of which a term that gets overused way too often is sciatica, right? Basically, anything from your back or in your butt or down your legs a little bit is going to be sciatica. That's how people portray it, right? It's a little bit, it's a little bit more um, defined than that, but we're not going to talk about that today. But when someone has a lower back injury or neck injury. And let's just say it is a disc herniation or bulge, and we're having inflammation and/or direct pressure on a nerve root. They could be having weakness or neurological symptoms such as numbness and tingling, uh, burning pain, or even motor deficit loss. Those are all neurological. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, motor loss going along with weakness. Sorry, I kind of doubled up on that. Um, uh, but those would be considered neurological symptoms, right? So, if we're seeing someone and progressively those symptoms are getting worse. We wanna we want to get an MRI and check out to see what is what's going on, what's pushing on the nerve. Um, you know, there's obviously different interventions such as steroid packs and other things like that, which can which would significantly help. We don't prescribe that because that's a medication, but we would refer on to that. But that would be a time where it's like, hey, your weakness is getting worse, your motor loss is getting worse, your numbness is, is becoming more prominent, if you will, and or the area in which it is numb is growing. Um, the the tingling would be kind of correlated with that as well. And then even, even then if someone's having like burning pain, if it's getting more intense, it's progressing in or the area is getting larger, some, you know, you're not going in the right direction. We want some imaging, we want to go check it out. We want to make sure what's going on. Okay, so that would be, um, that would be another indication of doing it. Uh, and then last is, one of the one of the criteria is is a potential just lack of progress you know while what we do is super beneficial and it helps a lot of people in a lot of different areas there are times when we're just not getting the progress that we want to see so if for whatever reason we're working on um an ankle injury something like that a knee something like that. We're working on it. We're rehabbing it. We're strengthening it. And it's just like, ah, well, I'm not getting better. There's still these one things or this one position or this, this is happening. I get a sharp pain or something like that. in these certain angles, positions so on and so forth. Ah, there's, there might be something in there that's, that's just not, that's just not right. And one case that comes to mind is I had a CrossFitter, um, this was years ago, uh, had a sticky elbow, <laughs> sticky elbow. The elbow did not like End range flexion and end range extension. Now, there's not many times when you're going into like deep, deep flexion, front rack would be definitely one of those. So you know you got the barbell on your shoulders, rest on your fingertips and your elbows up. That's deep weighted flexion. And then terminal extension actually do quite a bit because you're locking everything out, whether that's a press overhead, whether that's a push-up or dips. And so you know we're mobilizing, we're working on it, we're adjusting it, we're doing all these things, and it's just not getting anywhere. I'm like, dude, I don't know what's going on. Can we just shoot a can we just can you know, I just refer you for a quick x-ray? He had a loose body in there. Basically like a little fragment of of connective tissue bone, you know, whatever it was that was basically just blocking the joint. So, you know, a hinge, imagine you have a door hinge with like a big granule of sand in there, it's not gonna be able to to, to function as, as good as it could. And, you know, a simple thing such as that, found it, you know, for him it was enough where it was restricting the things that he wanted to do, they went in, they took that out, and it was like he had a brand new elbow, nothing was wrong. So, you know, a lack of progress can be an indication of when to do it, but, you know, overall, when we're looking at these, most of these are fairly intense things and the likelihood of these being the cause of your pain issue and defunction are, are, are low, are low, right? Now they are a possibility. We are not saying that this is not, not, not the case, but we do have to take in consideration and just, and just coming back into this is tissue damage does not equal pain and pain does not equal tissue damage. Right, you can be in intense pain with literally nothing physically wrong or broken, right? The pain cycle is complex. That's not to say that your pain is not real, making sure that we make that a point. That does not mean that what you're feeling is not real. It's just saying that when you're you're looking for imaging to try to find the cause, and when you're going through all these diagnostic things, you know, you sometimes and sometimes providers make up things to correlate and associate associate with it because we need an answer. We need to know why, right? So, it, it, and that's getting down into again the pain science discussion that pain is complex. Our human, our, our, our bodies are complex, and when we're when we want answers and we're searching for answers, you know, you'll find something. You'll find something, but that doesn't mean it's the cause. So. If you have an injury, you know, obviously, get it evaluated, get it checked out. But hopefully this brings a little bit of uh, awareness and comfort in knowing that, you know, the majority of these things that would require special imaging, x-rays, MRIs, and CT scans, if the individual who's evaluating you does a really good assessment evaluation, they're going to rule those things out so then we know okay well we know if we're we're working with something and we know we're not dealing with you know a structural issue just finished up with a gal who had a pinchy shoulder you know has been told oh it's probably a rotator cuff tear and all these other things it's just like hey your strength and everything's checking out you have poor scapular mechanics and you and and weakness in the shoulder weakness meaning like you know a complete deficit from right to left as to what she's able to accomplish, Um, especially talking about an overhead athlete, it's just like, let's just try to make it super strong, work on your range of motion mechanics, so on and so forth, and see where we get, right? We checked it out. There doesn't appear to be any sort of structural damage based on an evaluation. Now, I don't know that for sure, obviously, because I didn't have an MRI, but even then, if her pain gets better, but yet she did have a rotator cuff tear, does that mean the rotator cuff tear needs to be addressed or fixed? And that's a conversation that we have constantly, but will it change the outcome of care? Do you want to know if you have a rotator cuff care? Yes. Okay, fine. We can get imaging. It's, you know, we have insurance and, you know, free market healthcare allows us to get those things fairly quickly. You could pay cash for it too. Fine. Ease of mind, great. And then we can set it up from there. But for a lot of people, you're just like, well, I'm not going to do surgery, so it doesn't really matter. So it's like, cool, then let's just dive into what we know and help make it better, okay? So special imaging, we love it, we need it, it's great, but knowing when, what, where to do, and for your injuries, again, being evaluated by a good provider will help you strongly determine what needs to be done. And so that way you're not also just getting unnecessary imaging. And also just just knowing, right, it's just like, like we said, the more things you go through, the more imaging, the more diagnostics, the more things you're looking for, you're getting further down that road that pushes towards more interventions, such as injections and medications and surgeries and things like that. So, you know, understanding that if you don't need those things right off the bat, and you can start a course of conservative care and improve then you don't even have to go down that slippery slope. So I hope this helps you guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in this is Live Loud Life podcast. Again, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, topics, we'd love to hear them. Um, please comment on uh, this episode. Please give us a like, a share, and a follow. Um, share it with your buddies who are dealing with these chronic injuries or anything like that. We hope that this can bring them a little bit of help, a little bit of comfort, a little bit of joy. Um, and I hope that you guys keep living a loud life. And I hope that we can be a part of that uh, someday or in the future. So thanks for Guys. Good luck. guys, relax